Hey y'all, Alex here. Just wanted to pop in real quick before the episode. One, to say I love you. And two, I'm just going to go ahead and commit one of the top 10 podcaster cliches by popping in before the episode to let you know that the audio in this episode is going to be a little bit off. There were some uh, technical issues during recording that we did not realize until everything was said and done and being edited. Nothing too severe, but um, yeah, still noticeable. Um, Not a huge deal, but I am sorry, and I hope you still enjoy, which I think you will. Um, We really get into some shit in this one. Uh, Yeah, so that is all. Again, I love you, and thank you, and I hope you enjoy. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. I, okay, I don't think I've ever actually listened to Beach House, mm. but I'm happy for you. Thank you. It's, they're my favorite band. See, when I first saw your, uh, when I first saw your Beach House shirt, I figured that you were getting a head start on a merch for our uh, last episode. <laughs> so it's so funny. Um, my best friend Jess is in Hawaii right now, and she posted a selfie and captioned it Blue Crush Vibes. <laughs> and I was like, um, and I was like, alright, um, you wanna be Lena or Anne Marie because I am the angry lesbian, of course. Um so should us we introduce ourselves? Yes. Yeah. We should <laughs> You go first. Okay. Hello. And welcome to What the Het, a podcast about heteronormativity in cinema. I am Alex Keswick, here, queer, and in your ears. That was smooth. That was sexy. Thank you. I've been rehearsing it. <laughs> I'm Nico Rufino, not as smooth and sexy, but still a gay. And <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, I have a... Um, Sorry, we should, we should, I'm making, a, I'm doing microphone crimes already. Um, whoops. <laughs> I suck. Um, it's okay. We're, we, this is what editing is for. No, I, that, this is me apologizing. It's, it's, it's to make us sound much uh, wittier and quicker and smarter than we actually are. Um, actually, mostly just for me. I can leave most of oh, your stuff alone. It. It's, it's mostly it's mostly stop my it, stuff I have to edit out. Sexy intro. Don't start with me. Um, that's my uh, that that's my uh, work intercom <laughs> voice when I get on. Like dairy department, you have a call waiting on line one. Dairy line one. I get lots of compliments wow. on it. Well, you do have like a very good voice. I like your your voice is very like I don't know. 
There's that. See, so I always hated my voice. Like ever since I was a kid, like ever since I, I think everybody does, but like every time, like I, I, I like my voice up until I like actually hear it, you know, like I like the version of my voice mm. I think I have until I hear like what it actually sounds like in real life. So I pretty much always hated my voice um, up until I uh, realized that I was gay. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> well, no, that's why that I sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I. It's my, it's, it's my, it's my, uh, queer oh, accent. That. It's, that's a regional dialect, you know? Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, um, I don't, I don't feel like I have that much gay in my voice, but I make up for that by having the two gayest wrists in the world. I'm just like, <laughs> without even realizing it. Like I see, this is why it's such a crime that I didn't realize I was gay for so long because I just like, I have the limpest wrists. They're just like, I don't even mean it. And now like, I, right. like, I'm, I just, I do this. Oh my God. I do this all the time. It's weak oh. wrists and oh. bad knees and ball arches. Top of the parade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Speaking of the parade, um, Christopher I'm going to parade. send you my um, my personal feelings about this film via Skype chat. It's going to be a picture. This is my reaction image. Okay. For you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the reviews are in. Should just we should just not record an episode this it's, week. Just like post like a, a static image, like a static JPEG is episode uh, three of our podcast. That's gonna that's gonna really help our brand. Um, <laughs> I we should I mean we should post this picture. Um, oh yes, definitely. But see, okay, so I have never seen or heard of Under the Cherry Moon. I will say. I'd seen like screen caps of it around because you can't you can't be mm-hmm. like as um, physically attracted to Prince as I am without at least seeing a couple of pictures and um, the the reviews are in. That's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, definitely a reason that I did not see it until I was um, probably twenty four, maybe twenty five. <laughs> it was very recent. I realize it's like famously bad too. Like, when I googled it, um, to, like, see if I could watch it places, there were, like, all these articles that were just, like, I watched this this movie, this movie that everybody says is bad, and guess what? It's bad. And that's every article right. from, like, 2016. <laughs> it's, uh, so, yeah, my, uh, parents are both, like, really mm-hmm. huge Prince fans, and so I kind of grew up, like, being inundated, like, with his mm-hmm. music especially. And so they owned, um, and I actually don't know if they owned this one, but they owned Purple Rain on VHS, and they owned mm. Graffiti Bridge. And so I don't know if they actually had Under the Cherry Moon, but I had heard of it. But also, like, I never actually watched those movies. They were just, like, in yeah. their collection, like, throughout my whole childhood. So, like, I was aware of them. Like, I was cognizant of them. But, like, I actually had to, like, you know, go out of my way to get my own copy of Purple Rain um, you know, in my twenties <laughs> to like watch it for the first time. And I love, well, no, that's a lie. I did not love it at first. I came to love it in time after it grew <laughs> on me a little bit. Um, under the cherry moon. It's yeah, it's not a good it's movie. It's not good. Um, but 
I have a certain appreciation for it because in watching this, I like like I could only imagine like Prince being aware that this was not a good movie, but he was just like I can do this and I will do this because I can right. do this. In a lot of ways, like rewatching it and like reading more about it, it's almost more interesting to me even though it's definitely not a good movie, yeah. but it's almost more interesting to me as a film. Um like as a as a creative like piece of art than Purple Rain, even though Purple Rain is you know by far like for good reason considered like the classic yeah, film. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, but this but it definitely feels a lot more commercial, like a lot more like obviously a vehicle like for the album, yeah. like for his music. Um, uh, whereas Under the Cherry Moon is like this really weird like it's it's the first one he directed, mm. so it's. Um, all uh, after I guess so. There was actually a um, a different director who he fired and then took over directing the movie himself. <laughs> so I, I I think most of it that of what made it into the final product was his actual like creative vision. It's so <laughs> so it's interesting that yeah, for Prince's like actual first like directorial debut, he decided to make this like weird like very like like nineteen thirties style like black and white like musical romance comedy yeah and it was really like i was expecting the music to be like much more a central part of it um mm-hmm. but then it's, it's really not. not like it uh it actually like it can it almost takes you by surprise every time one of his songs starts because it's it's usually so like out of place seriously like i if i didn't know that it was classified as a musical comedy drama or whatever wikipedia says it was i would think it was just a really long ad for leather pants <laughs> um leather pants and um sequined headscarves oh my gosh the fashions the fashions and uh and 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 uh like ivy paisley suit jackets yeah, that's with no back that's another whatsoever. thing i really appreciate about this film is that the fashions are just everything and also prince as we all know was and always will be the king of the crop top and the low, Absolutely. low pants. King of the crop top and the matador mm-hmm. pants. God rest his soul. I have so many notes about fashion, too. Um, right, yeah. so it's definitely, like, the most interesting <laughs> part with the movie is just, like, getting to watch him and, like, getting to see, like, what outfit he's wearing and, like, the, the way he, like, occupies the frame. Um, one of my very favorite shots of the movie is, like, during, like, it's, it's, very, it's really close to the beginning. It's not quite his intro, but it's kind of, like, his, like the introductory montage of the movie where like you get to see all the characters like going about mm. their days and just like the slow pan like up his bed where he's like lying <laughs> on his stomach like reading a book or something like that and this like wearing these tight tight pants and he's got this slow crawl over his just like perfectly shaped bubble Can you ass imagine like center frame in something that like <laughs> wait i'm one to talk <laughs> i used to come home from school and put on a leotard just sit it's, in it. I mean, it's, you know, fashion over function. Fashion over everything. And Prince <laughs> is the king of that. Oh my gosh. I, but he definitely, I mean, he wears it in a way that makes it look really effortless, even though, like, it's probably highly uncomfortable I clothing. know. It's like, I just feel like you see him wearing that, and you're like, you're supposed to be wearing that. I can't imagine, um, ooh, there's this one theory that, um, that Blaze and Jelani and I have about the queer scene in in Philly and everywhere. But um, it's that if we see you and we can't imagine what you would look like 
at home, like in your pajamas, uh, like you are not to be trusted. And that's kind of how I feel about hmm. Prince. Like, I don't trust you, but like, those are the fashions. Those are the capital F fashions. Right. You know, like if Prince had pajamas, they would be, yeah, still like, you know, mm-hmm. skin tight, like probably how, I mean, he'd still be wearing the matador right, right. pants. He's not wearing sweatpants um, and that is not good. That's no, not never. I can, I can, I can't even like form the mental he image in my hand, in my head thought. of Prince like, in sweats. Even in that picture I sent you, what's he wearing? He's wearing like a, he kind of looks, uh, one hates to say it, but he kind of looks like my mom. Um, he is wearing a sweater, a big sweater. And he's got that right. hair. That's some bad he definitely, hair. I mean, that's definitely, like, yeah. became his look into, like, the early 2000s. It was definitely, like, you know, kind of, like, middle-aged soccer mom. Like, the big round <laughs> glasses. And, like, wore, he wore a lot of, um, yeah, oversized sweaters and things like that. Like, I think that's around, like, when, like, one of my favorite photo mm-hmm. shoots of him uh, came. When he's, yeah, I think he's always wearing, like, he's, his big glasses. Like, it's a very similar outfit to the photo you sent me. And it's, like, <laughs> autumn. He just looks super cozy. Like, he looks like, you know, the personification of, like, a See, mug of hot cider. Because that, that I can imagine, like, right. he's, like, cozy by the fire. He's wearing something a little loose-fitting and, like, you know, whatever. But I could still imagine him, like, wearing a, like, very ruffled right. suit. That, yeah. A little bit later in his life, you know, he's he's probably a little bit more interested in being a little bit more functional in his outfits. Because a little bit older, he doesn't quite have the energy he had as a you know twenty wow. twenty one year old <laughs> strutting around on stage in those skin tight. Uh, probably was, not. But he was definitely he, he was probably younger older. than thirty because um, that came out in nineteen eighty six. I mean, he I was just... he died very young. He he died recently, and he was only in his mid fifties. I know he's younger than my mom. Mm. I yeah. remember thinking about that. He was born. No, he was born in 1958. He was so Prince was 28 in that movie. I just did the math. Um, okay, and that feels fine. It feels fine. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah I mean, thinking fine. thinking about it, if he is approximately, if he like was approximately approximately my mother's age, um, him him turning maybe 40 in the early 2000s and starting mm-hmm. to like put sweaters on and stuff you're cold all the time right. you're cold all the time you, you are you're, you've got those cold old bones he probably could have still rocked a crop top but he was just like cool oh, it's chilly i also chilly. um i mean that was probably around the time too that he had his um his uh hip surgery he had was very highly, yeah, yeah, it was very, I think it was in the uh, 2000s. Um, I'd have to look that up real quick, too. But he, yeah, he had a uh, injury and needed to get um, hip surgery done. This was after he uh, became a Jehovah's Witness. And so there was a lot of uh, press around it because the tabloids were saying that, like, he wasn't going to get the surgery done because, like, it was against his religion to get blood transfusions. Oh, my gosh. But that was, that was not true. Like, he, I think he did get the surgery done, but, like, he was in a lot of, I mean, it's basically, like, where, like, why he ended up becoming, you know, addicted to painkillers, more or less, mm-hmm. is because he spent all this time in his youth, you know, strutting around on stage in high heels and doing all these elaborate dance routines and these, again, these highly uncomfortable, you know, highly fashionistic uh, outfits. That's what happened to and it, You know, really, it completely screwed up. So, yeah, toward the end of his life, like, yeah, he was pretty much always walking around, like, with a cane. 
Yeah, he's in a lot of pain. And a lot of it didn't really come out so much until <sighs> um, after he died. Ugh. He was a very private person. But yeah, so it would make sense that, yeah, you know, he's probably in a little bit more pain at that point in his life. He's wanting to wear more comfortable clothing. And he's clothing. still doing the fashions. He's yeah, stays, I mean, he's still, ro- he's still rocking he it. He stays fashionable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And anyway, we want to talk about the movie instead of just talking about <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we probably should. I was definitely worried um, about, like, the amount of small talk we should do <laughs> in this episode because I was worried that, like, no matter what was going to happen, we were going to end up talking about Prince for, like, an yeah, hour. <laughs> We're also going to end up talking about this movie for about 20 minutes. Right. It's not a very... So... There's no plot. I mean, there is, okay. but not a good one. Not much of one at all. It's one of the most like generic plots out yeah. there. Like, you pretty much know exactly what is going Except to happen. You don't. I got really, I got really taken for a ride by that twist at the very end. Right. So okay, so we should we should yeah we should uh, go into the plot a little bit, but not, not as you know, much as we usually we should definitely do. try to not go n- nearly as in depth as we. I know we tried to do it in the Blue well, Crush episode and failed completely we miserably. So much about that movie, and we didn't even realize what's the problem. Right. So the, that was the kind of issue going into the, the recording this episode. Is like I got done watching this movie, and I was like. Like, there, what is there to talk about <laughs> in this? Like, compared to Clueless, compared to Blue Crush, like, there was so much to get into with all yeah. those characters. And it's just like, like you said, like, there is hardly any plot to this film. There's hardly any uh, characterization yeah. to this film. But, I mean, that's not, that's a little bit unfair. There's definitely some stuff. Um, so, Under the Cherry Moon, the uh, Cliff's Notes version is that it is said, I think... I think it's in the 40s. Is it set in, I don't think they ever established in the movie itself it, when it takes place, but I think it's supposed to be the I 40s. I got absolutely no impression of a time period, and I had I kind of felt like they were living in like an alternate reality version of Paris, where like race doesn't exist, but like right. So for the it. most, like the general aesthetic, and it's definitely helped by the fact that the movie is completely mm-hmm. in black and white. But like a lot of the fashions that you see, especially the uh, fashions that um. You know, Mary, the main love interest, is wearing feel very specifically 1940s to me. Like a lot of people that she surrounds herself with, but there are also a lot of people like you could just see like her birthday party and stuff. A lot of the guests seem a lot more modern than that. So you're right; it definitely has sort of an out of time feel. It almost feels the same as um like a series of unfortunate events, where it's very hard to play. It has a very vintage like uh, retro feel to it but with like enough like touches and embellishes of different mm-hmm. time periods that it's really difficult to place like when it actually takes place like what the setting is so maybe not a specific setting but it is set in france it's also at the, at the very least. because um my favorite thing about um like american movies set in europe is that no matter where they are everybody's british or like or just vaguely right. british that's uh, that's one of the first things our uh, roommate pointed out after the movie's over. It was like the accents in this movie were all over the place. Oh my god, I have like another thing. Um, so, so let's get into okay, it. Okay, so under the cherry moon, it is France in uh, some time, and <laughs> the movie follows Prince himself and his friend, his brother, think- his cousin. cousin? It's very unclear. Very 
They've got some energy that I feel right. So it's it's with. Prince who plays um, uh, a, a a gigolo Christopher named Tracy. Uh, Christopher Tracy. Christopher Tracy's parade, as the song says. It sure is his parade. It is his dick. He owns Paris. That's why another reason why I think it's he does. An I mean, so yeah, he's so, so Prince playing Christopher Tracy and. Uh, Jerome uh, mm-hmm. Benton from the time, who was also in Purple Rain as the assistant to uh, Morris Day, who was Prince's antagonist in that movie. Uh, so they lived together uh, in the Prince <laughs> and then the in the uh, French Riviera. I think it's where it's supposed to be. They live in like a penthouse apartment, and they sort of have a little bit of a scheme going on where they're both very poor. But they get by, um, by Prince uh, Christopher seduces uh, rich French women and then sort of lives off of their funding of yeah. his lifestyle. So he he like the opening establishing shot of the movie is um, Prince is like a piano player in a bar and he's making <laughs> eye contact with you know a rich older woman who comes say lots of significant eye contact who come with this rich older woman uh who we later find out is named mrs wellington um and so he he sort of he sort of plays piano in the bar and seduces all the the older women and jerome goes around and like you know works the room and like tells him you know who to focus on and like who's receptive to his charms and pets passes him lots of uh, napkin notes <laughs> telling him to like lay it on thicker which was a very confusing scene for me because it's like who the hell is passing him all of these notes they do not establish it very well i'm so glad that it wasn't just me who was confused because i thought maybe i was just not paying attention or maybe it was because right. it was my first time it is. they, did, they don't no, establish it very well at all but um confusing. like i thought maybe it was the waitress that was passing it to him at first because yeah a waitress he's playing piano and he's like trying to seduce uh mrs wellington the older Jeez. rich woman who comes in and playing this like very sensual song and they're making eye contact and she keeps walking up and like handing him napkin notes that turn out to be from Jerome, like telling him to lay it on thicker and that they need money and he's getting more and more frustrated. Give her the eyes. Yeah. And so he does. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, uh, I think the only thing I wrote down from the scene was, um, his like matching sequin headscarf Mm. and, uh, suit jacket combo. Very, very sparkly. Prince in this film and all others and in life has a full fully beat face every scene it's perfect it's perfect his mm-hmm. skin glowing his eyes sparkling like no fashion just, makeup uh, like general persona like prince would never ever be caught anywhere close to public uh without yeah being absolutely like moves, done like i wrote down at some point um but this was just after he, he met mary um, he was like, I'm Chris. And I wrote, he's just Prince. Right. It's, it's hard for me to just think of him as like not being Prince. So yeah, so he is, so he's a, he's a gigolo. That's how they sort of get by. And it's probably very expensive to live in part of town. And they live in a very crappy, you know, apartment, even though it's in a penthouse. Basically, um, the plot of the film revolves around them reading in the newspaper about this rich heiress mary who when she turns 21 is going to inherit a uh, 50 million dollar trust fund Ooh, baby! and so he decides that 
uh, he is going to seduce her and get her to marry him so that he can get some of that moolah. And then, yeah, the rest of the movie is Prince and also Jerome, like, trying to make the moves on this rich heiress um, while she falls in love with Prince Christopher for no real good reason um, other than the fact that he's Prince. Yeah, they're super, like, unpleasant to each other. Right. For the whole so, yeah, thing. Yeah, so that's basically the plot of the film. Yeah. We, should, we should talk about their relationship a little bit because that's basically, like, th- again, that's the plot. That's the entire plot right there. Like it's it's a you know a little bit over an hour and a half movie. It's a um, long. It's yeah. It's uh basically after you get that like plot hook that she's rich and they want to marry her for her money. <laughs> the rest of the movie is just like Prince and Jerome competing for her affections in a really sort of awkward way. He's not a very nice person. He's not. He's and it, he's like incredibly aggressive. He's very and... yeah. He's very very aggressive. He's very so uh, when. They first get introduced. Um, it's her birthday party, um, and mm. Jerome and Prince uh, decide to crash it to like meet her. And um, he's just kind of like following her around and uh, being a dick to her the entire party. Like, yeah, it's her birthday. It's her. It's her birthday. Um, she comes out. She actually comes out um, in her birthday suit. I know. Yeah, the, so the very first uh, shot of her in the movie is she comes out like there's the birthday party at her big via. <laughs> And all the rich aristocrats are there, and she walks out like in a robe, and she's like, "Do you all like my birthday suit? <laughs> I made it myself." And flips over in her robe, and she's naked, and everyone's scandalized, but also they love it because they love her. Of course, a bit of a wild child. Yeah, and that's that's deeply clear. Um, okay, I have a note here that. Um, it says Tricky and Christopher are both gay, and then I have gay crossed out, and I wrote. So it says Tricky and Christopher are both gender. <laughs> They're, They're so very gender. gender. Okay, so yeah, I think we should probably talk about um, Christopher and Tricky's relationship because it's very confusing. It's so confusing. Like I was at first okay. So they they call each other cuz, and that like that feels realistic to me um because another thing that is mentioned is the their the differences in their complexions um like tricky is much darker than christopher Mm -hmm. so like it would make sense that they would not be brothers wikipedia says they're brothers i don't trust that you don't Um, get a lot in the movie itself like other than that so they live in this apartment together um they take lots of like bubble baths together and things like what that are they, doing? Um, they have a very 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 flirtatious uh relationship like there are countless scenes in this movie where they have like over the top like flirting they like uh with each other they like right. tango they, they, they do a sexy dip it's so weird there's like there, there's a scene where like yeah like one of the first shots of them like together in their apartment um Prince is in the bathtub, just like taking a bubble bath with his uh, duck, his like rubber ducky. And he's wearing a sombrero. Tricky is just like <laughs> in the bathroom, like with him, like sitting on the edge of the tub. Like, okay, like this is just like they what just they do. They just hang out. Um, they just hang out, just like naked fashions. all the time. Almost all of their scenes, like at least one of them is shirtless while they're like lounging on their yeah, beds usually. together. Um, but yeah, so they call each other cuz. Um, at one point, there's a part in the movie where Prince is like saying something about like how tricky is going to get arrested and you know christopher isn't going to bail him out if he does and he's like oh what and what do you say my brother no we definitely have different fathers and so that was confusing because it's unclear then if they're supposed to be cousins or if they're just friends or like 
if he's if they're half maybe brothers. A joke. It's they don't establish it very well at maybe, all. Maybe this is a joke that they're not actually related, but they're just the only two black people in all of France. <laughs> right, so everybody just assumes that they are. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would that would be a, a commentary right so yeah i mean looking online the all the information on the movie is all over the place like on wikipedia it says that they're brothers um on imdb it says that they're cousins so no nobody knows for <laughs> sure um i'm just going to go ahead and assume that they aren't actually related because again they have a very very close very flirtatious relationship they have with each more other. sexual chemistry between them than anyone them in with the, anyone, the, 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 anyone with anyone else anyone. on the entire planet yeah. like combined yeah like they they sucked all the sexual tension um, out of everyone else in the in the in the universe like a spirit they just, bomb. They like, took all the all the sex from all the rest of us and put it in between them themselves, and that was it. And Prince directed right. this, right? So, he did. Like, he did not write the script, but he did direct it. So these were all definitely uh, conscious decisions on his part to like play up this relationship. Mm. All of the blocking, all of the blocking between Chris and Tricky is so uncomfortably erotic, is what I wrote. <laughs> right, very and I much say so. It's uncomfortable, like under the assumption under the assumption that they're related. If they're not related, then it's just sexy. But like, right? I mean, they could just be close enough that they like, called each other cousins. They call each other brothers. Like they're just like best <laughs> friends. Um, which is what I'm choosing because otherwise it's weird. And then we have to get into like talking about it. I, don't I would rather assume they're it. not related <laughs> so that we don't have to talk about it at all. <laughs> so there's so, okay. So we're assuming that they're not actually related um, because yeah, otherwise it's very weird that like Prince is taking bubble baths while like Jerome is in the bathroom, like showering him with flower petals, like during their conversation. Yeah. It's very, it's so okay. Like everything between them is so romantic, so sensual and like, they're not they're not always nice to each other, but they're mm-hmm. way nicer to each other, like right. on the whole, than Prince is to marry. <laughs> like they always, you know, they kiss and make up. Yeah. Um they end up sort of in a competition, more or less. A a weird competition where like they're both like aware of it, but also like act like they aren't aware that the other one is like interested in Mary, but they both kind of end up like sort of competing for her affections. Yeah. Um, like I said, they they crash her birthday party. They both int- get introduced to her, um, and then they sort of like you know keep running into her, like keep like you know basically stalking her the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. They have this like competition going on where basically basically what happens every single time is like Jerome shows up and talks to Mary, and they have like a like nice conversation. And then Prince, like, crashes into it and, like, says some, like, cryptic <laughs> nonsense, like, recites some poetry and, like, makes her dance with him. And somehow he's the one yeah. who she is falling in love with. It's because he's negging her the whole time. He's just, like... He is. So he's definitely, like, he's definitely exhibiting some very, like, worrisome uh, romantic tactics throughout the whole film. Like, he, he's following her around a lot. He basically like insults her all the time but then like also gets like really hurt and offended every time like she turns it around and like says something mean to him um in a way that like you know seems yeah. like it's designed to like make her feel bad for him uh jerome just shows up and like he's like very plays like he asks her to dance and like she dances with him she actually ends up um it, you know asking jerome out on a date uh asking him to dinner the next night and then Prince just like pops into this frame and is like, it's, "We'll be there." And then, like all of a sudden, it's like a date with both of them. 
That scene was probably the funniest scene in the whole movie. Genuinely so. Just because... The dinner scene or the uh, dance scene before they went to dinner, when she invited them to dinner? I I liked the the dinner. um, Just because, like... uh, Tricky and Chris are being, like, so black. And she's just like, I don't get it. They basically spend the the, the (laughs) entire dinner uh, making fun of her for being, yeah, white and privileged. Yeah, and, like, high class and hoity-toity. So... I have a note here Mm -hmm. um, that says Mary and Chris hate each other. And then I have a few more uh, notes in between that. One of them says that highlighter as in, oh my God, Prince's highlighter. He looks so shiny. And then dance break. And then an arrow to another note that says now they don't. And that, my friends, is the cornerstone of the relationship between Mary and Chris. They hate each other. Now they don't. That's it. Because it's just like right. Um, or and and just like on and on, just an, an Ouroboros of like they hate each other. Now they don't. There's like one part which is my favorite part. Um, well, that's not my favorite part. I just said what my favorite part was. My second favorite part is just the whole mood because Prince is sitting in the car waiting for Mary to show up um, in another car. And he's singing and dancing to his own song, face beat to hell, titties out. He looks great. Like, that's the, that's just a whole mood. But anyways, um, then Mary shows up. Do you want to race? Grease, grease ass lightning style. They do that. And then they start making out. Right. Who knew? So, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the scene where mm-hmm. um, I think they were going to, like, meet at the club later on, like Prince and Tricky were. But mm-hmm. Prince set up a date with Mary, like, unbeknownst to Tricky. In the middle and so of the he desert. tells that, him that he has to go and do something for, like, a couple of hours, and then he'll, like, meet him there afterward, and then he goes and, like, meets her at the spot he told her to meet him at, and they, yeah, they get into a drag race, and then suddenly, like, they're they, they're making out, and it's the most, like, forced, like, most sudden, most awkward, like, make-out sex scene I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Like, it comes completely out of nowhere, and they're just, like, mashing their faces together. It's really, really odd. It's really off-putting. So much of the romance in this movie is so off-putting in a way that, like, I feel like it had to be intentional, but, like, as far as I know, like, it wasn't meant to be off-putting. It was meant to be, like, romantic and sexy and just completely, like, missed the mark. He looks like such a terrible kisser. He really does, and it's weird because, like, he doesn't... He He has a sex scene in Purple Rain, which is also, like, somewhat awkward, but mostly in, like, how very like nearly yeah. graphic it is like out of nowhere um he's just he just seems like he's terrible at it in this movie he's very 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 bad at kissing and um, he does it for a living like right he seems so like i don't know how to explain it there's like a a specific kind of like like acting play kissing that i've seen in more than just this movie but it just looks like so like overly like Mm -hmm. soft and like wet and bad and i don't like it and like all of that just i don't know although i do have a note here um mary slightly taller grabbing his butt Mass vibes. Yeah, you definitely get. She definitely gets like a good firm uh, grip. She gets a whole handful. Get you some, girl. 
<laughs> I mean, it's basically, I mean, it basically, like, he's got a very nicely shaped butt, but it basically is a handful. He's got a whole, just two scoops. Two it's scoops More than a handful's wasted, you know? And, like, <laughs> and, like um, I just feel like it's so appropriate, um, considering all of the gender that he's doing. Um, cause like, that's, that's really, I mean, that's no surprise. That's kind of like the whole, that's Prince's whole thing is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, but God, it's like, so that, in that like is the most like, um, I don't know. Like, it feels like a, like a gender role reversal, but it, like, I don't even know what to call it because it just feels right. so like, um, cause I mean, saying like sending, saying gender role reversal in that sense doesn't, doesn't really make sense if right. we're ascribing this, you know, this, this gender stuff to Prince, but gosh, I don't So, so yeah, that's sort of, okay. So, See, I'm sort of having a difficult time because it's really hard to talk about this movie because, like you said, nothing happens. There's no <laughs> plot. Um, like, it's really difficult to, like, talk about the characters because there's hardly any characters. Like, basically, they're, like, very one note throughout the whole movie. Um, the plot is very, again, like, they they want to marry her for her money. Her dad doesn't approve. Like, they're kind of competing for her, you know, affections. Um, they fall in love um, inexplicably. Um <laughs> And at the end of the movie, Prince dies, like, out of nowhere. What um, the fuck? The, right. And we'll definitely get to that. But I guess the main <laughs> thing is that, like, not being able to, like, talk about the plot of the movie so much. I guess, like, one, like, the very weird, very forced relationship between Christopher and Mary. Um, two, which we already talked about a little bit, the very natural-seeming... Uh, like like you said, the sexually charged relationship between Prince and Jerome, and three, all the gender. There's so much gender. It's all the gender that's going on. I feel like um, the biggest, the thing that, like, leaps out the most to me that you can, like, that is, like, readily apparent in this movie is the, like, toxic um, hetero relationship just because of, like, the way that they treat each other and the pace of everything. Um, mm-hmm. I always, I always come back to this because like placing myself in space and time is so important when I, um, like crit- critiquing something like this, but like, there's no, there is no timeline in this film. As far as I know, it's just kind of like, it's Mary's birthday. And then it's some more days, right. but, um, like we don't know how long they know each other for real. But it's not very long. It's not long at all. It seems it's, like it's only a few days. It really seems like it's only a few days. And then, like, suddenly they're, like, they have this, like, really, like, weird, over-familiar, like, playful, I hate you, I love you kind of relationship. And there's, like, one part where um, they, like, go to spend the day together and... Um, they go to like the, the ocean. Yeah, he takes her to uh, his and Jerome. So the they're on a boat, <laughs> and she asks where they're going, and like he's like, "You're right." To he's my like, sex cave. Uh, in, in so many words, he's like, uh, "Like it's cool. Like like me me and uh, you know me and Tricky come here all the time." And then it's like cuts to the next scene, and they're in his like secret beach sex <laughs> cave 
where he keeps his rugs and his candles, his many candles. One serious fire. Okay, so he's got just these can- candles everywhere, just like placed on rocks, dripping all over the place. There are like expensive Persian rugs all over ruined. the place. One, it's a serious fire hazard. I, I literally know someone who this happened to. Who they were in their sex cave? In it, well, in their in, in their regular cave with a candle, <laughs> and the candle fell over and lit the bed on fire, and they got serious burns. Or it wasn't the bed, but it lit, it lit, they had, it, lit, it lit one of their pillows on fire, and the pillow got, like, b- melted, burned, oh my gosh. significantly bad. So this is a serious... I'll probably have to cut out that story. <laughs> um, the people anyway, have to know. This is a... So it's a significant fire hazard, one. All these candles and rugs that he's just keeping in a cave on the beach. Yes. And also his, like, his ropes and his, like, chains hanging from the ceiling. It's definitely, like, a beachside <laughs> sex so... dungeon that I guess, like, Prince and Jerome just hang out in all the time. Is, like, his go-to, like, date spot. And she's cool with it. They're just, like, having sex, like... I mean, it looks like... I mean, it looks like they're off in the corner of, like, the vampire lair in The Lost Boys. He's so king-positive. But, uh, there's, like... It's so... Like, those candles are always lit. Always. Always. Because, uh, there are no lights in in the sex cave. And also... Like, I feel like being surrounded by water. Okay. You're in a cave. There's a bed in this cave. There are candles in this cave. There are rugs in this cave. You're surrounded by water. You're with somebody that you hate most of the time. Why would you go there? But anyway, they had sex together in there, and it looked like a fucking nightmare. It really did. So honestly, (laughs) like, just based... It would be so easy to, like, recut this movie and just, like, a straight-up horror movie. Because Prince, I, I like, it's one of my notes here, stressed. like, you know, probably two-thirds of the way into the movie, I just wrote on the note that it's like, wow, Prince is, like, kind of a psychopath in this movie, isn't he? Just, he does. He seems like a psycho. He seems like... It's, so, it's like, so, like, yeah, so basically the recurring thing in this movie is that uh, Tricky and Mary have this, like, kind of, like, a regular, like, courtship going on. Uh, that Prince regularly like crashes into. He's like, I want to take you to the moon, and she's like, Wow, nobody's ever said that right. to me before. So like, like when you when uh, Mary and uh, Christopher are first introduced is when yeah he and Tricky crash her birthday party. Um, she like sees him and he's like making like weird serious eyes at her like across. I'm not like, gonna lie, he looks party. super hot. And so she sees him. She's a little bit weirded <laughs> out. She tells her friends to like keep an eye on him while she like makes like a sort of quick exit. Um, he ends up, like, she's, like, and then later on, she's, like, walking around the party, like, trying to, like, keep an eye out for him, it seems like. She runs into Tricky, and, like, they get introduced, and then, like, she's walking around, and, like, she finally gets off to, like, a secluded part of the party, and, like, Prince, like, pops out of, like, the bushes. (laughs) And, like, they, they talk, and, like, I mean, it's hard for me to, like, even remember a lot of the dialogue of this movie, because so much of it is really bad. And so much of it is this, like, weird, like, flowery, like, poetic, like, nonsense that Prince probably thought sounded, like, really great, but, like, makes no sense whatsoever. Um, But, yeah, like, when they first meet, like, he's stalking her at the party, and then, like, he's kind of, like, instantly, like, starts, like, making fun of her for, like, being rich and being aristocratic. And so, like, she tells him to, like, you know, buzz off. Like, she goes into her house because of the phone call for her from her uh, fiancé who's in New York uh, working with her dad. Um, and then Prince is just, like, in her living room. 
and she is rightfully horrified that this like strange man she just met is like broken into her, her house. Party, broken so into she her ends up house. getting like right walking around Hot with no hell. back, no no back on his uh, jacket whatsoever. This is he's wearing no the, this one I was talking about. It's a ver- it's like a lacy like almost see through like matching uh you know suit coat pants combo. Um, it's like a long, very long fronts, very tight pants. It's got this um like ivy swirly almost like paisley's pattern on it and then he turns around and there's just like no back like it basically just goes all the way down to like his like lower back like down to like the very very How very tip of his down? ass crack mm. it's completely visible at this and party his whole ass he's so beautiful it's unbearable he's very beautiful but he, he looks like a psycho he and lo- he's talking <laughs> to this little party she gets security to kick him out okay see this is why it is so important that this is just Prince, because if this was anyone else, you would think he was a psycho and you would have him removed from the premises. Like it's our, it's, it's just our like the, cultural the way of it Prince feels that makes like okay. throughout the movie is that like he is a very off like his method of seduction, his like like the way he like talks to women, like the way he talks to everybody, feels very off putting, very abrasive. But it's okay because he's Prince. It's just like everybody like loves him no matter what he does because he is Prince and like obviously going to, which you know true. But, I mean, just like in real right. life, but, like yeah. out of context, like contextless, it makes for a very very weird, yeah, surreal kind of horror show thing going on. It's and so, then, so, yeah, so weird. Like, she she kicks both of them out of her party. Um, ends up running into him again like the next day at the piano bar that like he plays piano at. I don't even think he works there. I think they just like let him play the piano and like pick up like rich uh yeah, woman. Because he's Prince and they let him do whatever he wants. He's like a he's he's like a ghost, you know? Like I would not be surprised if like the twist in this movie was that like Prince does not exist. Like he's like purely a figment of uh Jerome's imagination because he's got that like malevolent like trickster vibe of like um ferris bueller yeah and, who we all know does not exist and only ex- lives within uh cameron's mind oh, yeah, and uh, like tyler that. durden <laughs> like he feels like he doesn't feel like a person he feels like like a, a, a god of chaos exactly. like, he feels like a malevolent imp like, which i mean is fair because he is like i truly <laughs> believe like i don't even know if prince is like actually like a human being like i think he was just like he was he was a fae you know, he was uh, he he was from like the, the the court of the fairies, and like I think he was a changeling child, and he had to go back to yeah the other realm. He kind of yeah, because he probably should not have been on Earth for as long as he was. Um, right, exactly. He he was he was dodging his contract as long as he could. <laughs> but, uh, Assuming yeah, so and then his, oh my gosh, and then his like his vessel was cracking, and like oh, oh wow, okay, I think we blew this one wide open um <laughs> so yeah so he's so yeah he's stalking her um there's also her dad who like does not approve of their relationship at all and like one he's like played up as being an asshole because he is an asshole and also he's like cheating on her mom uh with like the same woman who like prince is also like having an affair with uh, mrs wellington from the beginning of the film uh is also having an affair with mary's dad that is, the, um, is i will let i will let you the folks of, at home and on a little secret that is the only plot point in the movie <laughs> yes, and yes. It, i mean it is there's the, there's the one woman everyone is having an uh, affair with it seems like she is she's completely you know like faultless in I this movie her. to be honest like she is 
Like I She's like great. she is also married, She's it seems like. like. But her husband is not seen throughout the movie. I think you hear his voice on the phone at one point. Was that maybe him? you don't even do that? I feel like I don't th- I thought that was um that was Mary's dad. Maybe so maybe it's not that she's married. Maybe it's that she's having an affair also with Mary's dad. And so Chris doesn't find that out until later. That must be what it is. Everybody's anyway, but she's just affairs. like, she's just hanging out. She's, she's rich. She's Mary's passing the dad. time. She's, you know, hooking up with, you know, all these, you know, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's not like she went out and like picked up Prince at the bar. Like he was the one who like set out to like, you know, seduce her yeah. with his piano playing. And yeah, She does nothing wrong. And she's honestly like, she's a good person. Like, um, at one point, Mary uh, tries to actually like set up this like explosive confrontation because she uh, tells Prince that like Mrs. Wellington told him to meet her at his house or at her house, and it turns out that actually like Mary's dad is there with her, and so she Mary wanted Prince to like walk in on them and like have them get in a fight because she you know loves drama, and so Prince sees that and like books it. So she does nothing people. wrong. Um, at the end of the Except movie, she's the Mrs. one who Wellington. like actively like encourages Prince to like go out and get her when she's like going to be getting on a plane and like leaving, and he doesn't yeah. know. But yeah, so you meet her Stop dad, and he plane. doesn't approve of their relationship whatsoever. But like, so he's a dick, but also like he is not disapproving for no good reason because Prince, in his experience, like every scene that he's seen him in, he's like broken into like their house. He's you know been stalking his daughter he uh he walks in on them like you know having their big like rambunctious dance scene in the restaurant and is very horrified uh his thugs break the boom box he? which is kind of a dick move is he the don of the russian mafia like right that must be what it is that because like okay he does have, he like his goons break the boom box like that's not businessman behavior. Um, he's also like, like kind of got like the police and the coast guard like in his pocket it seems like. He he's able to like get them to go out and like hunt. Shoots. He shoots Prince with an M with right. a shotgun. Seems very like like a very inconvenient weapon to use, but anyways, that's not the point. Prince Was it a shotgun or was it just like a it, rifle? It looked like I don't know the difference. But it just looked like a deeply inconvenient gun to be shooting a person with. Like, <laughs> right. but like, like, I feel like, cause when they shot him and he went down, first of all, it was like, so, uh, campy that I thought like he was just joshing us. Like, <laughs> and right. then he's got like all of this, like chocolate syrup in his mouth and he's just like, <laughs> Right, all those uh, ketchup packets that he uh, kept in that pocket in case of emergency. I figured that he would have survived that because it just didn't seem that serious. You didn't, you don't see, you don't see anything, and then that's actually how we died. It was all that chocolate syrup. He's definitely allergic to chocolate. Didn't find out until the last scene of the movie. (laughs) Anyway, what what, what I was going to say about um, her dad. Uh, basically, so yeah, he he's he's run to her a couple of times, but um, it's after so it's right after the scene where Prince and Mary have the drag race, and then they have their very sudden awkward like makeout. Um, then they get in like a fight, um, and 
he like makes fun of her for like being young and like t- tells her that like he's going to go off and call her dad and then he gets out of the car and he leaves and he walks to a payphone and actually calls like calls her father, father in the, the middle of the night he's like he's like i'm gonna marry your daughter and there's nothing you can do about it and then he does something about it he shoots you to death right and so his so her dad is like rightfully freaked out I by this guy you um, i would be freaked out if anybody called me while i like woke me from my slumber said i'm gonna marry your dog and there's nothing you can do about it like that's my child like you can't right exactly but, I, but anyway it like it doesn't it's just uh, oh oh one good little emotionally like icky part that I hated when they're walking up to the sex cave um Mary's like do you love me and and Chris says define love like nice deflection man and also like and also the night before you said you called up her father on the phone and said I'm gonna marry her and she loves me and I love her and shit or whatever the hell he said and then and now you're saying define love right Uh, Bob, right. Bob he's got, so he's got this, yeah, very, like, very flippant uh, <laughs> attitude toward the entire movie, which just apparently drives her wild. Um, where, yeah, he's very alternately, like, like he comes on very, very strong, like, forcing her to dance with him and, like, reciting all this, like, poetry and, like, telling he's going to take her to the moon and all this stuff. And then, like, at, like, the drop of a hat, like, all of a sudden, he's like, a, a switch gets flipped, and he's, like, just being a gigantic dick to her because, like, she was born rich, and, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's very off-putting. Meanwhile, Jerome is just like, yeah, like, I like you, and I don't care if you have money, and, like, we should, like, it's a shame that you're, you know, that you're engaged to be married. He's so nice. He's super, he's, I mean, yeah, he is. He's very nice. Prince is not, um... So yeah, so they're sort of so yeah, Prince and uh, Jerome are having this like competition like throughout the movie of uh, trying to get Murray's affections, and Jerome kind of tells Prince that like they're um, or that he's kind of like developing feelings for her. It seems like, um, and Prince like makes fun of him, and then there's a uh, bats in the cafe that they're sitting <laughs> in out of nowhere, and then they run away screaming. Uh, what a like, this movie has no plot at all. It is only a wrong. There's no plot. I have, I'm having such a hard time talking about this movie because it's so meandering, and I can't remember when anything <laughs> happened. <laughs> because, um, yeah, nothing. So, so little happens. Well, hold on. There's the part where she's, like, about to get on the plane to New York, and she's like... Um, and he like drives up and he's like, scream, stop that plane. And, um, he's like, I need to talk to you for, for five minutes and exactly five minutes. She gets in his car and, uh, she's like, all right, well, you've got four minutes and and 30 seconds. And she's, and he's like, I need a lifetime. She says, well, well, I'm not giving it to you. He says, oh yes, you are. And then he drives away. He kidnaps her. And so her and dad, then, like, you know, calls the police on him, rightfully, and then he because he just kidnapped his daughter. He continues to neglect her emotionally. He just, like, stays silent, parks somewhere, puts on sunglasses, sits in the back seat while she's still in the front. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, will you talk to me? And he's like, and he's just silent. And then he's like, I love you. And then well, he says, I love you. And she says, no, you don't. And then he says, well, I hate you. And she says, no, you don't. And he says, well, I love you. And then she says, define love. 
And then they start kissing. Kiss plays. And then they kiss. And it's just, you know, you don't have to be beautiful to turn me on. Oh, man. It's so good. And then uh, they run away to the catacombs again. And uh, she's, like, laying beautifully on that bed. And the uh, candles are lit. And uh, Tricky and the landlady come out of nowhere and, and like then there are goons after them to come and retrieve her and they throw like wicker baskets and, and barrels right. at them and they are gosh this movie that's all of that stuff is irrelevant I just need it's everyone so, to know what I went through it's, so this movie is such a mess <laughs> it's just and then, it's, not, it's, it's not a good movie <laughs> At the very end, uh, Tricky and the landlady live in Miami and uh, get a letter from uh, from Mary. And she's like, Dear Tricky, I just can't picture myself with anyone else but, but Chris. Right, so this is after the I'm scene. This is, this is after um, they were on the run from the cops and the, the Coast Guard and then Prince like steals a boat um, and is going to like get her, and they're going to like drive away into the ocean or something like that. And then uh, that's when uh, Mary's dad and the Coast Guard like show up, and then they yeah they sh- they shoot Prince, and Prince dies all of a sudden. And then and Jerome gets there, and he's crying. He's like, "No, God, don't take him. He's too young." And cries, and then she. Said, tells her dad that she's not coming home and she's gonna go with Christopher and then you get like a shot of Christopher is on a boat and driving away from the dock because he's dead now and then you do the time skip and then there it's, it's however long later and it's uh, Katie the landlady and Jerome living together and they get the letter from uh, Mary uh, there's a great upskirt shot and then credits in heaven that's all I got. It's like... <laughs> right, and then the, the, the very end of the film is, yeah, it pans up from Tricky and the landlady who are now together, like, co-owning an apartment building, and uh, Mary is in business with them, and Chris is still dead, and you find that out because it pans up into the sky, and he's in heaven uh, playing the ending credits music uh, with his band. I mean, it's great. <laughs> Hon- no, it's honestly not. <laughs> It's so great. Okay, so um, I have such complicated feelings about this movie because it is so bad. But it's so much of it, like, as far as, like, the outfits go, as far as the music goes, like, so much of, like, the presentation, I love, I'm in love with. But the movie, it's, it's, so, it's just so, such so a mess. Bad, and I don't understand it. Oh, yeah, okay. So the thing that I wanted to mention about the last scene is that Tricky is reading that letter from, uh, from Mary. And, like, he... She's like, I um, I just can't picture myself with anyone else but Chris. And I'm like, you were literally with someone else when you were with Chris. So right, like, what, whatever <laughs> happened to her fiance? Still in New York, I guess. But, Still in New uh, York, yeah. And she's somewhere. She's in Ibiza or something. So, um, like, I like I understand the sentiment but what i don't understand is 
how you can't imagine yourself with anybody else when you were with with Prince for like two days. But I guess I can't really know what it's like to be with Prince. Right. And maybe that's how we never will. And we never will. Oh, maybe in heaven. Maybe we'll have a credit scene in yeah, heaven. Yeah, we'll Prince. be up there in the clouds too. Uh, so yeah, I think <laughs> I, th- I think talking about this movie is just going or talking about the plot of this movie is going to be a lost cause. Um, it's making me tired. It's make it's making me very upset. We should <laughs> instead just talk about the gender. Let's talk about gender. Because baby, that... let's talk about you and me. So like they made Sorry. like the thing like the plot of this movie is not good. It's all over the place. Um the saving grace for this film for me is how much of the movie Prince spends dressed like a lesbian. Oh my god, yes. There's one point where they are... It's when they come back from uh, from the sex cave the first time and he's like... He's dropping her off there in the car and um, he's like... And they, like, they're, like they're kissing a little bit and then she goes or something. Um, Prince looks exactly like a very emo lesbian I dated briefly in that scene. Hats off to me, but like most most importantly, he has the eyeliner, he has the slicked hair, he has like he just looks like he just looks like every like little down home lesbian I've ever seen. He looks like Tegan right. and Sarah. Right, the scene that uh, really sticks out to me in my mind when I think of his fashion in this movie is um, when it's when they go out to dinner with Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the the dance number in the restaurant, and he's wearing just like his tux, his like fitted tux, suit jacket, all that stuff. His like hair is like pressed down, has little like wispy, you know, curls, and as he looks like yeah, yeah, he 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 looks like a 1930s lesbian. Like it's the most like it's it's. I was, telling, I was telling Jesse he looks like a butch lesbian, but like honestly, like she's like I mean, like barely, like he's barely butch. Like it's very, very, it's a very feminine. Uh, he's butch, right? It's it's a very it's a very mm-hmm. feminine um yeah, masculine presentation like, that he has going um, on. Butch, yeah. yeah, he looks really like um he looks very feminine, and I feel like um one thing I notice myself doing when we start watching a movie is like, all right, I like I'm sitting down and I'm like, all right, who's gay. That's like where I start. But it's like, I feel like I did not, I didn't feel right reading, uh, reading that into this. Right. Um, vis-a-vis Prince or Tricky, because I think, um, Tricky also wears makeup. Um, he looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. I I didn't feel like I felt right reading that into either of them just because they were like wearing makeup and they were pretty. Um, I just felt like for some reason that wasn't sitting sitting right with me. Like, but I saw a lot of gender. Right, honestly, like, like their like yeah, their general attitudes and actions throughout the movie are not very gay at all, with the exception of like their interactions specifically with each other yeah. like all these things you get their apartment where like there's the scene where uh where christopher like trips on something and like jerome like catches him and like swoops him down into his arms it's like i never dance after midnight and it's like you think they're gonna kiss i wanted them to kiss and then i remembered maybe, right. maybe they're related they're not related right they're not. we decided they're not 
It's it's so it's it's so weird. Like for how for how incredibly hetero this movie is, it's interesting. Like how much they choose to play up this like the flirtatious nature of uh, Prince and Jerome's relationship throughout the whole film. It feels like by contrast to how like just appalling all of the het relationships are in this, it feels intentional. Like I. I don't know how to read that any other way. It's just kind of like, it's, it's so difficult. And then there's the one (laughs) um, when they're on the phone with Mary, like Mary calls from like her bed and they're like sharing a sandwich and, uh, uh, and he's like, and they're like doing like a, like some light, some light phone sex. And, and, and Mary's like, right. yeah, and then what? And he's like, got his mouth full. He's just like, uh-huh. sex. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says sex with a list question mark. And it's like the cutest thing I've ever heard. That's like, I wrote that down. It was so cute. But another thing I wrote down is when Tricky is mad that um, that Chris and Mary are on this, this desert date, um, Tricky says, and I quote, I'm my own man, just like Liberace. Just like Liberace. You mean I like wrote that most, down too. Like the most notably flamboyant gay man of the entire 20th century, you, like Liberace. So it's so it's really interesting. It's really difficult to talk about the relationships in this movie and especially Prince himself, just because mm-hmm. so much of the way these relationships mm-hmm. are presented, like. The way the dialogue is written in this movie, uh, the way they act around each other feels so, so, so very gay. But you don't, it, like, it, it, it's, it's, it's such a weird inversion where, like, it seems so gay on the surface, but, like, the subtext isn't there. It's, like, the opposite of where, like, it's supposed to be, like, ostensibly hetero, but you get all that, like, good gay stuff underneath. It's like there's it's like no all good gay on the surface, but there's nobody of the same gender it. interacts just, except for them, mm-mm. and they just wear it on their sleeves. Right. It's a mess. It's just very a- confusing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like the, the way the fashion works in this movie, um, the way mm-hmm. I mean, even like the way the sex scenes work, like you were talking about earlier, yeah. like the sort of it feels like a, a sort of gender role reversal like during their sex scene when she's like you know grabbing his ass and all that stuff it definitely feels like prince is sort of trying to make himself out to be like the object in this movie and like all like a lot of like in the relationship and like the sex which is um kind of a theme throughout like a lot of his like body of work yeah definitely where so or um so much of his um like obviously so much of his uh work is very very mm. very sexual but in a way where like in a way that like i feel like a lot of other artists who write very sexual music kind of miss the mark where like it's not about like them having i guess what I'm trying to say is like it's it's where the the object of the affection is not on the person the song is being sung to like it feels like it is the onus is being placed on Prince himself, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I feel like in that way, yeah, that definitely makes sense to me. In that way, like Prince's, um, I feel like that's one reason why, like, I don't feel. I feel like with a lot of like other sexual, sexually charged music, I feel kind of like 
this weird like kind of like disconnect this discomfort like with the music itself because it's just like too much and it's not like and it's not earnest I feel like that's why like Prince was so like successful with that because like he was so earnest in his sexuality and also so like um so just genuine and like um like I don't know like as far as I know as far as we know Prince was straight Mm-hmm. Like so, and we don't see that a lot. I was just gonna say it's one of the things that makes it sort of difficult to like discuss the like queer subtext of this movie and of like Prince's body of work itself because mm. it is like undeniably queer, like in the presentation of gender, in the uh, way the different r- roles within a relationship are sort of framed, but like within like Prince's own life. Um, like he didn't really exhibit a lot of that outside of his like music yeah. and his persona, um, especially later in his life when he kind of became more overtly religious. He, um, I mean, he kind of, um, like Jesse, when we were talking about it earlier, like pointed out that like a lot of the time when that stuff came up in his life, like he kind of had some like, like he had, he had some almost like homophobic like leanings. Like mm-hmm. there's like a really famous, um, like it's like an interview he did at some point in the 2000s for like, he like it's it's like one interview and like the way he like frames it is like s- sort of confusing could be read in like a different directions but like somebody asked him about like you know the interview asked him about his attitude toward or like what do you think about like gay marriage and like his response is just like to tap his bible and like says that he like goes by that or something like that um it's and it's it's, it's just really weird where like yeah he simultaneously puts on this very very androgynous very queer persona while also not really seeming to exercise that in his yeah. like daily life i don't know it's and so i think complex. the i think what i think the impression i get from prince a lot is that prince is a person who i mean we'll never really know like what his actual leanings were aside from like the obviously highly publicized uh like heterosexuality yeah. of it like within his like you know he he you know pretty much he only like he never like had like i feel like this movie is like the closest you ever get to see of prince like having a romantic relationship like with another man like with his relationship with um jerome throughout the film but otherwise like you know it's it it feels very queer the way he sings and talks about um relationships with women but they are all are all with women i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah Um, i feel like i feel like i have difficulty talking about that especially like talking about this specifically because like as i said like christopher tracy is just prince so when we're talking we're using that we're doing this like we're talking about a character and then we're talking about just prince right and it's like we can't ascribe like a sexuality to him but also like I feel like there's uh, there's something to be said like for like maybe he was kind of uh, like us maybe he was kind of you know sort of trapped by consul- compulsory heterosexuality. Right. I guess what I was going to say was that um, I th- I guess the impression I, I forgot where I was going. My my sentence <laughs> ran on too long earlier, and I forgot what my original point was. But I was going to say that like the general impression I get from 
Prince is that he is a person who, like you said, definitely was very strongly affected by uh, heteronormativity and compulsory heterosexuality, um, who I Mm -hmm. think possibly had a lot of personal um, conflict going on within himself Mm -hmm. um, in regards to gender specifically. and with his presentation, he definitely, you know, undeniably presented as very androgynous. Yeah. Very, uh, he, like, he constantly dressed, like, highly feminine. Like, again, like, mm-hmm. these very, like, form-fitting outfits, very flowy, very sparkly, yeah. very sequined. Um, again, always wore, you know, lots and lots of purple, obviously. Always walked around in high heels, um, things like that. But also, like, at the same time, um, did that mix with a very... Uh, masculine mm-hmm. presentation as well like he always had you know he, he always had his like really well manicured beard um he always had you know his shirt open with like lots of like you know his, his very thick chest hair stuff like that that was always like very highly um you know accentuated um he had a very like he had, just had a very androgynous very um non-gender binary seeming presentation and so i feel like yeah. he may have been a person who had he been born later on or not grown up in the environment that he did grow up in or had greater access to, you know, knowledge and understanding on these sorts of topics may not have identified as strongly, you know, cisgender and heterosexual as he, you know, publicly yeah. did, which is, you know, something that like we'll never really know about, but that's like, you know, when I think of Prince and when I think of like, how I feel about him, like being a queer icon. Um, that's sort of where I come down on it. Is that like I think he's a person who may have, with yeah, a, a different upbringing, been able to express himself in a way that he felt more comfortable uh, publicly, and not just like through his music and through his uh, stage persona. Yeah, I, um, and I mean, obviously, like, and it's very, like I said, it's very, like, he is a queer icon, like, even whether he wanted um, to be if or he not. was ostensibly, <laughs> right, a, a cisgender man, a heterosexual man, he, you know, is pretty much, you know, extensively recognized as being an icon within the queer community because of the way he presented his gender, uh, mm-hmm. because of a lot of the norms that, like, he helped break with a lot of, like, you know, there were a lot of uh, artists and musicians in the 70s and 80s around his time who also helped in that manner. I feel that like Prince is one of the most, um, you know, highly recognized ones. Prince, along with you know, with, with David Bowie, yeah, um, or two of like the, you know, ones who really helped break the mold in that regard. Um, and under, like, if you didn't have Prince, you know, you would not have Janelle Monae today. You That's know, so true. everything that Janelle Monae does um, in regards to her presentation with gender and her, you know, very uh, openly queer. Uh, music and her yeah her orientation are things that um feel very not 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 to say that she her orientation is inspired by prince not saying that she is gay because of prince but her she's you know publicly a very prominent fan of prince and a yeah. lot of her stage presentation and her the way she writes her music are very directly inspired by him. Definitely. I mean, made me feel alone. Mm-hmm. Which Prince, but you know, wrote also, the like, uh, so synth line to yeah. before he died. Death to me. Um, there's, I feel like there's really, like, something to be said about the way, um, like, I feel like there is, mm, 
what am I trying to say? In a very, like, sort of non-enlightened way, there's, like, that... I, I have to recognize the value in, like, um, like a cisgender man sort of, like, performing sexuality mm-hmm. in the way that a woman, like, traditionally would. Right. Like, I feel like there's so much to be said for that, like, moving the hips and showing a lot of skin and, like, wearing makeup mm-hmm. and, uh, like, sparkly outfits and stuff and still, like, and still, like, being straight sort of, like, in that way, like, makes, uh, like, sort of breaks a barrier in mm-hmm. uh, toxic masculinity. Um, but it's also, like, not, I mean, in his, like, publicly sort of, uh, like, demeaning speak about, uh, about queer folks, like, obviously, like, it's a wash. It's just, like, I feel like, um, you know, people who are not going to be as, uh, discerning or as nuanced as, as we might be about, about gender and sexuality, like, would be able to see that and take it at face value. And that, like, I think there is, there is value in that. We have officially talked so much more about Prince than we have about this terrible movie. <laughs> it's because the movie is terrible. Honestly, like the only redeeming things to the movie are the, Prince the way it fits in with, like, with, with, within the way I feel about yeah. Prince and like how, how, the way it fits as a piece of his larger like body of work, like as a facet of his, you know. And he only made so many movies, you know. So these like purple rain uh, under the cherry moon like graffiti bridge like all sort of serve as like benchmarks uh like highly visual benchmarks for like his fashion like throughout his career like at different points um and i mean there's only and he was again he was a very uh for even for being a performer he was a very private person you only get so much like actual video content of prince other than like you know he obviously did tv interviews and he did like live concerts and things Mm -hmm. like that but like there and that one episode uh, of new girl that one episode That's of New Girl, yeah, but you kind of have to, like, <laughs> take each of these windows, like, as they come and, like, try and try to, like, glean as much through them as you can. Yeah. Because it's a very like hard person also, to read. Because, again, like, I think... His being a very private person kind of lends itself to him, his possible possible queerness, though I'm not here to, like, read into that. Mm-hmm. No. I mean... It, not, not. I mean, yeah. Not to like cast any aspersions or anything like that. Not to like make yeah, any big assumptions, like on you know like, a private person's right. Exactly. Like not like making any big declarations here or anything like that. It's just like the impression I get from Prince, like based on like yeah these sort of interviews he's done, the 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 the, the things he's talked about, like combined with like his presentation, is that he is a person who probably had. Had had a lot of conflict between his that self and his upbringing, and it's also just like, yeah, like I feel like had he had um, like the context of like of gender theory that we've been able to to glean in this day and age, like maybe he wouldn't have just like been considered like something other than like mm-hmm. a quote-unquote yeah, he came, he came from a, a highly religious background where like you know obviously he wouldn't get any <laughs> education um in that he became famous very very you know a very young i think he was 19 wow. when his first album came out so it's not like you know he pretty much went from like a somewhat sheltered you know upbringing to suddenly being thrust into stardom so you know he did not get these sort of education that we did because you know it's not like prince had a tumbler prince on tumbler can you imagine what what a nightmare that would have been? I'd rather not. 
Do you have anything else to say about this film? Honestly, like, no. Well. <laughs> uh, I mean, we sort of like, yeah, I think we touched on all three of the things that like I kind of yeah. like drew away from it. Um, there's not, again, there's not a lot of talk about the movie. And I feel like mostly what the movie is good for is as a jumping off point to discuss Prince. And like, maybe even as like, maybe what, maybe what this is is that like, this i feel like this episode's a little bit of a wash but um i think what this could be like where we come up with this is that like this might be a good like part one like before getting into like you know obviously at some point we'll definitely want to watch like purple rain which i feel like we'll have a lot more to actually talk about as a movie itself i think this serves as a good jumping off point for you know that being like a part two you know princeathon later on down the line that we can really get into yeah. now that we've like sort of a set like you know an established guideline for like our conversation about Prince. We'll have more to draw from next time when we get into the better movie. It just another. I, uh, I'm, I'm sorry I suggested this movie. The only reason that I wanted to talk about it was because I remembered um, how gay Prince and Jerome's relationship felt in this film, and I remembered all the fashion. I'm so glad. Like, I'm glad that I was not reading into that um in like a, mm-hmm. in like a weird like I feel like if we sort of um if we sort of like ignore all of the rules that we just established if we are kind of thinking about about Prince like as a fellow queer person who just couldn't come out in a you know just like if we're playing in this space um like we could say that Prince's directorial debut in this movie where the only sexual chemistry we notice is between two men um like that could have been like right an outlet for I mean that definitely like yeah as like you said like as this being his yeah his his debut as a director did he direct any other movies? uh he directed I think he directed Graffiti Bridge Mm -hmm. as well um, he didn't direct Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. Purple Rain came first, and yeah, somebody else directed that one. It's probably for the yeah, best. Yeah, definitely, like, what it feels like to me, like, it feels like, as it, this being his, like, first huge, like, his his first motion picture that he had mm-hmm. uh, such a huge amount of creative control over, um, it definitely feels like an embodiment of, like, sort of what we were talking about, like, as mm-hmm. being a, a, a an embodiment of the struggle he may have felt between... Uh, compulsory heterosexuality and you know whatever queer side of him there may have been because again you get so much of the presentation uh, through the fashion and through the relationships in this movie but also combined with you know the highly like very very toxic relationships that is meant to be like the main romantic focus of the film like his yeah. his, his actions that, throughout um, the movie are feel very toxically heterosexual um but it's the dressing around it that feels you know undeniably queer and then it doesn't even end up happy the big relationship doesn't like they don't even end up together she ends up alone and he ends up dead like right which is something uh you know jesse pointed this out that is something that happens so much like almost exclusively in uh queer romances in queer uh cinema where they fall in love and it's against the status quo and 
one of them dies. One of them ends up dying at the end as a way of, you know, returning things to like the norm, yeah. to the hetero norm. Um, it's a, it, it feels like a very queer ending to a movie that has a lot of, um, yeah, toxic heterosexuality going on throughout it. That feels true. Why don't we get Jesse on here? It's, it's, it, I mean, it feels like a movie, it, it feels like a really important, very intelligent film that is combating a really, really, really bad film that ended up being... <laughs> Like, I feel like if we could, um, if we could read this more as like, like an outlet for like a possibly queer person who just had no other outlet, um, rather than um, just a garbage hellfire movie with like sex caves and rifles or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, I, <laughs> I think we could like, we could get a lot more value out of it but we are also like coming to it you know right 30 years later uh like pretending like this like saying like this is what this is maybe what this was i don't know i'll do some reading but <laughs> right i mean we're just trying to you know we're, we're trying to make the best that we can out of it you know yeah we're doing what we're doing we can it just you know I, I i think this is what it is is like the level of frustration i'm feeling trying to discuss this movie is maybe the level of frustration that went into you know the, there's the spirit of going into this film in general <laughs> it feels like a very frustrated movie a that movie that's trying like, to yeah mm-hmm. find itself trying to figure out what it is exactly like i felt like i was dissociating while i was watching this movie because it was so uh like it was so disjointed it was so like it was confusing like in a in a way it was confusing even though it was like the most simplistic nothing plot in the world but it was confusing because i was watching this i was like this is this comes from this comes at least partially from the brilliant mind of prince and i like i am hating every minute of it except for the fashion like and that feels like the way i am in all, in all, right. like, you sort of ha- yeah, you have to go into it, like, you can't even view it, like, honestly, like, as a movie. You can't judge it on those criteria, because in that sense, it fails in every front. You just sort of have to, like, view it as, like, an artistic piece, like, something that's trying to, like, convey a message. Yeah, um, yeah it, def- you know, it defies interpretation. Right. And we'll, we'll never get, we'll, we'll never get, you know, for two hours. A, consensus on it. We'll never, like, get an actual, like, obviously, yeah, this is, you know, what the movie was about. Um, but yeah, that's sort of, you know, the, the, the queer read yeah. on the movie Take and a highly problematic film. This was a highly problematic reading. <laughs> I feel like I need to atone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, cause I, I feel like I keep having to say like, no, I'm not saying definitely Prince was queer. I'm not saying that like he was struck. Like, I feel like I'm projecting a lot of myself onto Prince and like a lot of, uh, probably, you know, just my own impressions of friends, which like doesn't feel fair, especially since, since the man is dead and can't defend himself against my slander. But I, um, but I stay problematic. I mean, it's it's the only thing you can do, though, you know, you can only like take a piece of art and interpret it through your own lens and like try to figure out like what its meaning is to you. That's so true. And like to me, again, this is a movie about 
the struggle between heteronormativity and wanting to express yourself publicly as being queer that 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 is that is the metaphor for me no matter what like the metaphor was actually I mean, shit, it's the that desire the to dance a tango with a man and marry a woman for money i mean right like, and to, to, I, mood like big mood yeah big, big mood enormous enormous mood enormous anyways um <laughs> do we want to get wrapping up yeah, I think at We've this point we're kind of talking about in circles. For two hours. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> Me too. Um, so I had, at the beginning of this re- recording, I had an idea for what our next film could be. Yes, um, lay it I'm on open, me. I'm very open to uh, to being rejected. Have you ever seen the movie It Follows? Yes, I have. But it's scary. Um, so I thought of it because it has because like part of the horror aspect of that movie is that mm-hmm. it has no timeline like in it like it, it's set in an impossible time period um and i found that really interesting like going in uh like and and that kind of reminded me of when we were talking about For sure about that and um this movie um, but we don't have to watch it. No, I'm totally I into that. I feel like it kind of like makes in the movie itself makes it the movie makes its own commentary on on toxic heterosexuality. Uh, so like I um, so maybe there won't be that much meat there. But right. I think maybe it kind of does our work for us. It might. Um, we could we could try watching it and see if if like we could watch it maybe like a little sooner than we we both watched under the chair moon because i finished it this afternoon uh but anyways you should probably pack it in yeah i should probably do our uh our wrap up do our outro (laughs) okay yeah so um that's it thank you for listening to our highly disjointed episode our highly disjointed (laughs) highly problematic episode about princess under the cherry moon um Hey, we're doing the best of what we got, folks. Prince part one. Prince mm. part one of many, I'm sure, to come. Thank you, all of you, for listening to us and our voices. Yes. Our beautiful, sultry tones. And our thoughts and wishes and dreams. Um, you should follow us on Twitter at what the het pod and also if you all out there have any suggestions for films for us to watch you should totally tweet those at us yes please do um, at what yeah send us suggestions send them to our twitter at what the het pod um you can post them you can send us a, a facebook message through our uh, facebook page which is also facebook.com slash what the het pod um you can even send us an ask on tumblr which is what the het pod at tumblr.com just look us up on your favorite social if you, media. If you send us enough suggestions, I'll stop watching Glee. <laughs> Come on, folks. <laughs> one like one prayer. <laughs> I'll stop watching bad shows if you give me enough homework. This is, you can, if you uh, if you do this, you, you can uh, legally write it off on your taxes as a charitable donation. So just five cents a day. Nico will stop watching you can garbage stop, shows. Wa- stop Nico from watching Glee, <laughs> but not Dawson's Creek. Oh, I will never stop watching Dawson's Creek. 
We desperately need to stop. Yeah, we do. Okay, so yeah, follow us on Twitter. Uh, look us up on Facebook. Look us up on Tumblr. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Cello Buster, C-E-L-L-O Buster. What about you, Neek? I'm at Slut of Babylon on Twitter and Barbie's Black Friend and Nico Makes Art on Instagram. And we should have an Instagram. You should set up an Instagram for us because I don't have one, so I don't know how to do it. I already have three Instagram accounts, but uh, you don't have to tell me twice. I'll do it. Sweet. <laughs> So yeah, follow us Perfect. on all the platforms of the social media. Uh, thank you to Shady Monk for our intro and outro music. You can find his stuff at shadymonk.bandcamp.com. It's real good. Um, anything else? Um, I think that'll do it for me. How about you? I think that will also do it for me. Do we have any kind of like, do you got any uh, snappy <laughs> outro for us? Anything to, um, for the folks at home to chew on? Oh, here's something. With uh, with Prince wearing all of those incredibly low and tight pants, what kind of undergarments do you think he was wearing? Yeah, add us at uh, what the Hep Pod on Twitter and uh, tell us exactly um, what kind of... You know what? Prince mm-hmm. didn't wear underwear. I like to think that he was wearing a really fashionable jockstrap. That's just me. Yeah, like a really cute one. So yeah, all of a us, uh, all of you out there, send us your uh, artistic interpretations of um, <laughs> what you think Prince's underwear situation was like. Don't do this, uh, please. Uh, God, let's let's end this problematic fucking We're episode worst. already. Worst. Okay. Uh, good night, everyone. We love you. Um, I'm very sorry. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams are made of these. Who am I to disagree? Who am I? That's not a Prince song. Who am I? It's a great one, though. It is a good one. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.